0: Welcome to The Good Lawyer. This is a 2022 copyrighted podcast of the Young Lawyers Division of the State Bar of Georgia, where we discuss
1: what makes a good lawyer. Let's get started. Welcome to The Good Lawyer. I'm YLD President Ron Daniels. Welcome to our podcast. I want to introduce today's guest. It's former Chief Justice of the Georgia Supreme Court, Harold Melton. He's now at Troutman Pepper in Atlanta, doing a variety of uh, cases involving state attorney general's work and uh, dealing with appellate issues is my understanding. And we are very excited to have him on the podcast. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Ron. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you.
1: Well, I, I told you before when we were preparing for this that there was a major philosophical question, and I think you knew that that's what this podcast was set up for. But I have sort of two philosophical questions. Uh, the first, uh, hopefully a little bit easier, but what exactly does a person call a former chief justice of the Georgia Supreme Court in everyday uh, conversations?
0: Well, yeah, I tell you that I got asked that probably 20 times a day for my first few days here at the firm. And I feel weird telling people that you got to call me anything. Uh, I, I generally will answer anything. I call judges judge. <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, but I leave it to everybody's own personal preferences. I'm old-fashioned. I realize that, but I, I, I won't be offended. I'll answer to anything.
1: To get to the more philosophical question and why you're here, Justice Melton, what makes a good lawyer? Well,
0: as you might suspect, that that is a multifaceted question. Uh, a lawyer has to play many different roles and wear different hats, and I, I, and I definitely want to thank Broader than just a litigation context, which you know we, we we tend to focus on that more directly. But ultimately, ultimately, a good lawyer is somebody who solves problems, who can think creatively and critically in the effort to solve problems, um, and even in transactional work that can get really combative and confrontational and competitive. Some of the art of solving problems is to rise above the fray and to keep a tone where there can be a a qualified and productive back and forth. That's sometimes really hard to do. I, I've been preaching this for a long time when I was on the court. And then you leave the court and you, you're in the fray yourself. It, I get it. It's hard <laughs> um, because we are competitive and we are going toe to toe. And there are some lawyers that are just ready to fight right out the gate. And uh, just to be able to tap that down and and get the le- conversation to a level where you can actually get something done is a skill. It definitely is a skill. And I'm trying to exercise those muscles necessary to to, to perform that skill. But I think the ability to, to to keep things at the productive level and solve problems is really the, the core.
1: It's kind of interesting to me that you you – bring up problem solving cuz i think a lot of people go to law school uh, because we like solving problems whether they're logic problems that we take on the LSAT or they're actual right. legitimate problems that people are experiencing you had a pretty big problem that you had to address toward your end of your tenure as the chief justice how did that getting handed a pandemic how did that affect what you view as a good lawyer what makes good lawyers?
0: You know, it's really funny. Um, When I talk to middle school kids or high school kids about what it means to be a good lawyer or a lawyer in in general, the principles that I talk about are really basic principles. Hearing each other out, getting to the, the core of what's the problem that has to be resolved, asking the next layer of questions to help accomplish that, respecting each other. And when I talk to to middle school kids, the principles that we talk about really do matter in real life, even in big situations. So ultimately, when that pandemic hit, that was a pretty scary thing for everybody. And it was scary for me. It was scary for judges and clerks and anybody else in courthouses. And I was getting calls. Uh, and these are real life situations where The the clerks or the court administrator or the chief judge was in a panic because somebody just got airlifted who had contracted the virus working in their office, and they were frightened. And yet they were focused on the duty that they had as public officers and judicial officers to provide critical judicial services that had to continue in the midst of a pandemic. And that was a real frightening situation to address. But I will tell you, those very same principles were very key in in the kinds of conversations we were able to have as a collective judicial body and even one-on-one conversations. That, that's what made the difference. And we are in a relationship business when it comes down to it. And I don't know any business that's not a relationship business, but certainly in the legal profession, we're in a relationship business. And we are as good as the strength of our relationships. And to be able to look out across the judiciary and see friends, people who you respect and trust and and can count on and ask for assistance and they provide it, whether they get get recognition or not. I saw that all across the judiciary. And when I was at my most uh, overwhelmed state, that's really what kind of gave me strength and confidence. And in very important input and direction, the solutions that we came up with, I will tell you, I was very seldom the one that said, "Hey, here's what we need to do." ninety nine percent of the solutions we came up with were produced uh, from somebody else. They, they they had the ideas. They said, "Would it help if I did this?" or what do you think if we did this?" And that's what I think real leadership is. the 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 folks that step up to the plate with an idea and suggestion, even if it's not accepted, those to me are the folks who are providing real leadership. And we wouldn't have done as well as we would have if we didn't have people throughout the bar and the judiciary offering themselves up for service.
1: Talking about service, you, you've you had a unique career uh, in, in some respects. You, you essentially were a government lawyer. Yes. Until you took the bench and you served for – You'll have to forgive me. I don't know the exact sixteen. Sixteen. One. I was thinking it was sixteen or fifteen, but I couldn't remember exactly which one. You served on the Georgia Supreme Court, and, and then you went into private practice. So you truly had a career up until very recently of of service to the state of Georgia.
0: Yeah, it was thirty years. I, I call myself a government lawyer for thirty years, and uh, it it was service, but it's really what I enjoy. People look at that as 30 years, they think, well, maybe that was a sacrifice. And it really wasn't. It was really what spoke to my heart and soul. You know, I realized when I was in college that I got a a sense of peace and comfort and connectivity and purpose and belongingness when I kind of knew what was going on around me and who was doing it and the personalities that were involved and some of the things that were feeding those those dynamics without having to read it in the paper two or three days later. And so I learned that early on and pretty much knew that working in in state government, was was the right thing for me. And the state level is the right size. Federal is too big. Municipal is too small. And that's not derogatory towards either, e- either one of those. But for me, that's the right fit. And so I, I enjoyed every bit of it. And one of the things that, that drove me to this firm was the fact that the the firm is still engaged with the state. And so I'm I'm still involved uh, representing the state on two or three different cases. We're involved in representing folks who are being investigated by the state. It's, it's the right solution for where I am. It's just, it's, it just fits.
1: How do you think that sort of work gives you a different perspective maybe than someone who, you know, not even me because I do work for the state as a special assistant attorney general as well. Yeah you know how does doing that type of work perhaps give us a different frame of reference for what might make a good lawyer what qualities make a good lawyer than say someone who's yeah. been a public defender their entire career or a transactional attorney
0: well I-, I tell you what it's taught me is to ask several layers of questions beyond what i read in the media Um, or hear people talk about the barbershop, the talking points that circulate may be accurate. Oftentimes it's a lot more complex. And if you dig a little deeper, you might come up with a different set of talking points altogether. And, and so, you know, we try to capture these very complicated problems that we see in society. But when you work in in close contact with those issues, you gain a perspective. And uh, I just tend to know that whatever I hear now, from whatever angle that's coming at me, about some of the complex issues that we're dealing with, the the dynamics are much more complicated than what's being presented. And the solutions are almost always much more complicated. So it's taught me to ask the next layer. And of course, that's what any good lawyer is going to do anyway. And I, and I try to bring that to my I practice, I try to deliberately ask myself, what is it that I'm not asking that I need to ask? What am I missing here? And whatever I find when I do that's going to make the difference in the quality of representation that I'm providing.
1: I'm sort of interested if if you've always had that, I guess, drive to to keep digging. Uh, is is that no. something that you got once you started practicing? Is that something you, you had when you were in college, high no,
0: school? I'm, I'm innately la- lazy. I'd rather not have to ask those questions. I could, I could pretty be, I uh, could pretty much be pretty easy going, but I also tend to f- be fairly observant. And when what I observe doesn't match what I'm hearing, that stands out to me. And I try to, I do wrestle with what's the difference, what is the disconnect. So that is fairly natural. But the digging nature, no, I have to make myself dig.
1: Well, I will ask you this because uh, obviously this is a production. That- State Bar of Georgia's Young Lawyers Division. We have uh, a number of lawyers who uh, listen to this who are primarily from Georgia and uh, a number of them who attended the same law school as you. So how do you wrestle with this dichotomy of of having gone to Auburn, having a building there named after you and uh, also being a UGA law grad?
0: Well, I have had the blessing of having gone to two institutions, they have been absolutely wonderful for me uh, personally and professionally. Each school did exactly for me what I wanted it to do. And I'm extremely and immensely grateful for both of them. The problem is, they do play each other regularly throughout the course of the season. Uh, when I was at Georgia for law school, Auburn beat Georgia all three years I was there. So that was uh, nice. Uh, since then, I can't think of the time last time Auburn beat Georgia and many people could tell you off the top of their head when that was. Uh, So I can definitely cheer for Georgia when, when they win the national championships two times in a row, I can be a supporter of Stetson Bennett when those around him will not uh, and were not. Uh, I could cheer for the sec definitely, especially at the national level, but when it comes to Auburn versus Georgia, I got to go with my Tigers.
1: Well, that wraps up today's podcast. Thank you. Chief Justice Melton for joining us uh, and for the great conversation. Thank you for listening to the Good Lawyer podcast. This is the last episode that I will be recording that you've just listened to with Chief Justice Harold Melton. But the good news is the podcast will continue. Next episode, we'll have a brand new host, Sarah Young, who's going to take you on this journey through trying to answer what makes a good lawyer. Until the next time you hear from me in a bonus episode, uh, which I hope you do listen to as well. So long, farewell, good luck to you. You're still here? It, it, it's over. Go home. Go. This
0: podcast was created by the Young Lawyers Division of the State Bar of Georgia. It was produced, recorded, and edited by Jamie Goss. Special thanks to Ron Daniels and D. Sarah Young. Follow the YLD on social media at Georgia YLD. Call in with questions on the podcast at 404-526-8607.